0: Is the film The Ten Commandments, the greatest adaptation of a biblical story, or is it sacrilegious and overstuffed with Hollywood fluff? Find out today on Really Old Movies. Welcome to Really Old Movies, I'm your host Harrison Scullen. And today I'll be discussing the Cecil B. DeMille Masterpiece, The Ten Commandments, from 1956. So some essential movie details. This is adapted from the story of Moses and the Israelites, as contained in the Holy Bible, and it is also a remake of Cecil B. DeMille's 1923 film of the same name. It is also DeMille's most successful film financially and critically, and this is his final film as a director before his death in 1959. So the plot of the film is primarily based on the account as recorded in Exodus. Moses, who's played by Charlton Heston, he's raised by Egypt as one of their princes until he learns the truth that he was born to Hebrew slaves. He's called as a prophet of God and he returns to Egypt after his banishment from there, after it was discovered he was Jewish, and he comes back to free the Hebrew slaves. After several plagues, Pharaoh Ramses, who's played by Yul Brenner, he finally lets Moses and the Hebrews go. Nefertiri, who's played by Anne Baxter, who's also in love with Moses, but she's married to Ramses, she convinces the Pharaoh to go after the Hebrews as they are escaping, and he goes and does so. Moses parts the Red Sea, and he blocks Pharaoh and his soldiers with a giant fire, and as they're crossing over, The fire dissipates and the the army starts to run through the Red Sea. But while this is happening and the Jews finally escape, Moses closes the Red Sea and kills and destroys Pharaoh's army. Moses then leads the Hebrews to Mount Sinai and he goes on top to receive the Ten Commandments from the Lord. While he is up there, the people become wicked and idolatrous and begin to build and worship a golden calf and offer sacrifices to it. When Moses comes down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, he notices the wickedness of the people, and he destroys the tablets and the calf itself. The repentant Hebrews follow him again, while the wicked ones are destroyed. For, over 40, for around 40 years, they wander in the desert until they finally reach Canaan, where he bids the people farewell as he's taken up with God. So yeah, that's the plot to the Ten Commandments from 1956. And so now my, my review of the film. The plot, I gave a 5 out of 5. I, uh, I love this. This is one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. And this adaptation is really well put together, and it really respects the source material. It doesn't try to uh, take too many creative liberties. But there are some, such as the love triangle between Moses, Nefertari, and Ramses. I didn't like it very much, but overall, I thought it was a great plot and really epic in its scope. Really felt epic in the true sense of the word. In regards to acting, I gave that a 5 out of 5 as well. Love Charlton Heston and Yule Brenner. They're amazing in their roles as Moses and Ramses. And at first, I did not like Anne Baxter. I thought she was pretty annoying. Um but over time, especially towards the end of the movie, she becomes a lot more evil and sinister, and I like that a lot more almost like a femme femme fatale like you would see in a noir film. I really like that and uh you know she pursuit she persuades the Pharaoh to kill Moses after he finally completely rejects her and to not let the Hebrews go. so I really like that really good um. But again, the love triangle was a little weird for me. Um, in regards to directing, I gave a three out of five. I like Cecil B. DeMille. And I really want him to be a really good director. And I really think people should talk about him more. But again, the love story, man. Why was he focusing on that so much? I really think it should have been more focused on the spectacles. Moses freeing the slaves. You know, It should have been f- focused more on that. And uh, not so much on the love story. Although for the movie it is an integral part. Because it adds kind of more reasoning as to why Pharaoh was the way he was in the story. The original biblical story. But I don't know man. I thought it was weird. (laughs) And now cinematography and special effects overall gave it a 5 out of 5. It was superb especially the parting of the Red Sea. It's amazing how they did that with real water. Um, really cool stuff. But I think the coolest effect that's not talked about as much is there's the scene where when Moses drops his staff, it turns into a snake, right? Well, that was cool, but kind of looked cheesy. But when he picks it back up, he's holding it. It's, he's holding a snake, and then it turns into the rod. It's almost seamless. Really impressive how convincing that effect was. I really liked that. And that's not the only reason why I give it a five out of five, but that was really, really cool. I loved how big the sets were, especially the Egyptian ones. They were grand in scale, supposedly a lot bigger than the set designed in D.W. Griffith's uh, Intolerance for Babylon. Apparently the sets were a lot bigger in this one. Really cool, really impressive stuff. In regards to music, I give a four and a half out of five. It was great and powerful, but I felt it was overused. And there were moments where a more somber, a more either romantic or sad song should have come on. And this came on instead. It was a little, a little off-putting. Some of the scenes had good dramatic music. But there were times where they used the powerful music where I really felt they should use dramatic. Uh, such as when they're in uh, when he's in the temple initially. Or when he's back at Ramsey's and dropping the rod. It, it's kind of more, bah, 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 you know, that kind of music. I don't know. It was okay. But it was good music. Don't, don't get me wrong. It just, it felt kind of off-putting in some scenes. All right, so overall, that brings my letterbox score to a four and a half out of five. And I absolutely love this movie. I highly recommend it. This, for me, is the best biblical adaptation of a Hollywood film. Um, Don't get me wrong. I love The Prince of Egypt uh, that came out in 1998, I believe. It's a really good movie, too. I love that one as well, Um, especially the animation. Really, really good animation. But this film truly feels epic in its scope, in its set design, in its costumes, everything. Really well put together. With animation, your only limit really is your imagination, but with live action, there's a lot of limitations. (laughs) So the fact that they were able to pull this off so convincingly and so beautifully and epic really shows how great of a film it is. And I look forward to buying this on 4K. I know for a fact this would look amazing because of the beautiful Technicolor that they used. I think it will look incredible. I watched it on VHS because that's what I had of it. But yeah, regardless, it's a good story. You know, I I saw past the the VHS-ness of it (laughs) and was really able to pick up the great story that it is. This is, I believe, the second or third time I've seen the movie. Um, Maybe second. This is the first time I've seen it all the way through. Um, Other times I've seen it like last year, I believe it was, or maybe in the year before, I got about three-fourths of the way through it, but I never went back and finished it. So I'm glad I watched all of it. I've seen all of it now. I really like it. I highly recommend it. All right. Well, those are my thoughts and feelings on The Ten Commandments from 1956. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to our Instagram and Facebook at Really Old Movies, where I discuss details about the week's particular film. New podcast episodes will be released Saturdays at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Apple Podcasts and now recently, Amazon Music. Alright, well thank you so much for listening to today's episode. This has been Really Old Movies. I'm your host, Harrison Scullen. Take care.